you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. I am your host, Marcus Mosier, and joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. We uh, It's Wednesday, so obviously we're going to take your questions, and this is really you know traditionally the last day we'll deal with the uh, previous game, mm-hmm. and then we start turning our attention to a very, very ominous game against a streaking Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, what are you more interested in, um, the matchup on Sunday or the matchup between Cowboys Twitter and Seahawks Twitter? It's a very good question. I mean, <laughs> I think they're both daunting, to be honest. Like, they both have uh, very good teams this year, and uh, and they, it's, it's an uphill battle both ways. Seahawks Twitter's great, man. It's yeah. great. We're, we're striving to get to their level. So, uh, we're Absolutely. getting close, though. Um, before we talk uh, about that game and answer your guys' questions, we do have some injury news that we have to talk about, Landon. Um, and this is unfortunate because I thought he played fairly well in Week 2. Uh, starting cornerback Chidobi Awuzie um, is going to miss several weeks, according to Mike McCarthy, uh, with a hamstring injury. The Cowboys are already without Anthony Brown, who is set to miss the next two games with a rib injury. Uh, so that leaves Trevon Diggs and Jordan Lewis as your top two cornerbacks. And after that, it gets real shaky. So how big of a loss is this for the Cowboys uh, not having number 24 in the field? It's pretty big. I mean, I think you, you, you summed it up even without the the uh, even with the depth that if 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 Brown was healthy and I th- and some of these other guys were healthy, I think this would still be a pretty big yeah, loss. He's the best corner. Team. He's yeah. the best corner right now. Yeah, and I so I think that you know losing him is is it's going to hurt. Now I guess the question becomes. How do they decide to handle this? You know, and and what's what's the next step? I'm assuming that we'll probably see some more Daryl Worley playing uh, corner as opposed to safety. Um, you know, Which he's, I, and he's fine. The, the the bad thing is, this is a terrible matchup. Terrible matchup for Worley because what he does well is play close to the line of scrimmage. He just doesn't have long speed. So well, when you're going against DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, that could be a problem. Well, I think you know, but the thing about that too is that. You could put Daryl Worley, you know, on DK Metcalf. I mean, if you plan on double teaming DK Metcalf, anyways, I mean, which maybe you should. Like, I, I think that Daryl Worley is a good down guy to have with safety top over the top help, right? Because I think he is big. And he yeah. Could be, he could be physical. I mean, not not you know. I mean, DK Metcalf is a freak of nature monster. But I think, you know, disrupting him in route or doing your best to get in his way in route is is a good way to kind of throw him off the track and, and try to at least disrupt the timing of things. So, yeah, I mean, as much as you don't probably want to put any cornerback just one-on-one on an island with DK Metcalf, 
uh, I, I think that it's, if, if, if the plan is to kind of use a combination of coverages and give him help and that sort of mm. thing, uh, I do think that the, the good news is with the Cowboys that Worley and Diggs are both guys who at, at least, at the very least, can do something at the line of scrimmage to disrupt the route early on to hopefully you know throw off the, the timing of the pass play. Do you think we'll see a lot of like cover three looks this week? You know, just basically daring Russell Wilson to take stuff underneath. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't imagine. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like two man, you know, or, yeah. or some of that, where basically they're providing a shell in the back half to prevent you know DK Metcalf and Le- and Lockett from getting you know free releases up and up the field. And then, yeah, like just playing man underneath to try to like <clears throat> compensate for everything that's happening underneath and just hoping for, for solid tackling. And that way, you know, also, honestly, kind of it gets the linebackers involved a little bit more and making sure that they can bring down some of these bigger receivers that they get the ball. But frankly, yeah, I, I think for, for the Cowboys, you know, it's it's interesting because a lot of it has to do with you know, the the Cowboys wanting to get to the pass rush to get to uh, to get to, to Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. but the, but the issue is that you know he's so he's so good with 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 the play broken down that you don't you know it's really dangerous. It's kind of like you have to mush rush him a little bit to keep him in the pocket, but also not to let him break the pocket and make a huge play. It's sort of the old Aaron Rodgers play playbook, right? right? right. Yep. But I, I think I think with the Cowboys, you know, they may find success in just trying to limit the big plays and, and just not get burned, keep it all in front of them, and make uh, uh, make Russell Wilson, you know slowly methodically march on the field it's not that I, I don't think Russell Wilson can do it I certainly feel like he has that ability but you but you do feel like you you have a better matchup with the wide receivers and your corners if, if things are kept short and there's the possibility that your pass rush will eventually get to Wilson or disrupt him to the point where a mistake gets made and maybe you can take advantage absolutely and I think how the Cowboys decide to deal with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson uh, that's probably what I'm the most interested in seeing on Sunday. So uh, keep an eye on what they do at cornerback. I'm sure we'll get little you know, tidbits and nuggets over the next couple of days about the plan at corner without Ouzier and Anthony Brown. So uh, keep your ears pe- peeled for that. Um, this, let's, let's answer some questions, Landon. We got about 50 of them on Twitter. So uh, we're not going to get through them all, but we'll try our best. But thank uh, you, guys. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thanks to everyone. Yeah. Um, this first one is from Mark and Landon. Go ahead and you can pronounce Mark's last name because I don't want to end up on a Twitter compliment, uh, you know, a, a video uh, where we're making fun of his last name. So how, how do you say Mark's last name? It's Gada. Okay. I don't know. We 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 mess it, mess oh, it up all God. the time. Oh, God. No, I can already see my I can already see my jaw flapping in the wind with this again. Uh, it's got a, he's got a good question though, so let's try to answer it. Uh, what is the bigger concern, the defensive line play? or questionable coaching decisions. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start with this one. I don't think there's been very many questionable coaching decisions, to be honest. I mean, yeah. you can talk about the fake punts. I, again, I have no problem at all going for it on fourth down and five, fourth down and three, ever, 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 ever. Um, but I, I don't love the decision to do a fake punt rather than take the ball out of Prescott's hands, but I love the aggressiveness. I do have some concerns about the defensive line. Uh, what do you think? <sighs> I think, you know, I, I, I think that, that the coaching decisions overall, I think, have been overblown. I mean, I, I think that 
the the fourth and five uh, uh, punt fake was too far to have to to go for it with your punt team faking it. You know, I I, I so I, I think that was which one the run or the pass because I don't I don't mind the the pass. No, no, pass I, don't pro- I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with the first one at all. The like you know the, the play call the what they did I don't have an issue with it. It just wasn't executed correctly. The okay. second one I have a problem with. They should have they should have left the offense out on the field to go for it. I agree. If you're going fourth and five, uh, you know, and especially if you're planning on playing uh, on, you know, doing a direct snap to a to an up back, like five yards is too too far to go. Way too far. Yeah. So, um, I, I think that yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even be cool if if they lined up in the, on the offense and handed the ball off to Zeke for five. Yeah, that's yards. a better that, play. That wouldn't yeah. be cool either. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I mean, again, they're trying to do it with the idea, idea of, of, I mean, but that's the thing is they're trying to do it with the idea of, of, with the element of surprise being there, but there's no element of surprise. You've already done a fake punt. You, everyone knows that you're down by enough that you need to try a fake punt and everyone knows who Bones Fossil is. So there's no, there's no surprise there. So I, I don't, I didn't like that one, but outside of that, I mean, I think there's some, been some complaining about, you know, first round run mix and that sort of thing. I, I, yeah, I understand that as well, but that's not, I don't, I don't think, debilitating. And especially when you see what the offense was called like in the second half, I felt like they kind of righted the ship to a certain degree. Sure. And I also think, again, it's very difficult to kind of calibrate what this offense is supposed to look like because we've, you know, we've only ever had about a, a half a football where we've had a healthy you know, a, a, a close to even hel- a four-person healthy offensive line. I think that there's been some compensation due to the fact that the, the offensive tackles uh, mm-hmm. situation. So, I, I would definitely say the defensive line is a little bit more concerning. Um, just, but I also think just after going back and looking at it, there is. It seems like it's a lot of coordination coordination issues. It seems like there's a lot of different times where I'm seeing blitzes where multiple guys are trying to go in the same gap, and that's not like you know a lack of talent that's being confused about what your assignment is. So I think that we're still extremely early in the season, especially when you consider they didn't get any training camp. They're still learning this defense and they're still, I think, you know, having to figure out the ins and outs of it. And, and they're, I think they're making mistakes, you know, and that's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I can't really say that I'm surprised just because of the lack of, of time that they got in the off season to kind of perfect this. I agree. I do think, I don't know. I think they're going to be fine on offense, and I think the play calling is overblown. We'll see about the defensive line. I, I am a little worried about some of those guys. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is a little banged up. Griffin um, doesn't look quite as good as he did at the end of last year, but uh, I, I think there's reasons to be optimistic about both both sides of the ball. Um, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass you can catch every snap from every game with full game replays, and you can see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game and every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many, many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archives. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. 
NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Okay, Landon, um, I, I've got a question about a safety here in a second. But before we do that, how would you grade the Cowboys' safeties through the first two games? Because I think Xavier Woods has actually played pretty well. But opposite of him, what do you think? Yeah, I think I would agree. And just to, I'm going to take this opportunity to say I think Xavier Woods has played outstanding. I, th- I yeah. thought that that last game he really was was very, very good. And, and, and one area in particular he's really improved a lot is get, coming down in the box and being a solid tackler. There were several different times when he made stops on his own. I think a couple of t- tackles for loss, too, uh, that were very impressive. So um, outs- opposite of him, you know, I mean, I didn't notice Darian Thompson in a negative way like we did a lot in the first game, Yeah, which is good. I think that's probably, you know, his his ceiling. (laughs) I mean, I think the best... Just not awful, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, I think it's it's what you hope is that he just gets, is not in the way and not, not, you know, the the cause of the problems or when the play comes to him, that at least he makes the play. That's Mm -hmm. what we're hoping. Um I thought that, you know, I I don't know, but I, I thought that Daryl Worley looked pretty decent back there. Uh, you know, he's a different I, type of safety, right? He, he's yeah, not a traditional safety. No, for sure. But I thought that, you know, he seemed kind of instinctual. He didn't seem, you know, uncomfortable playing that far off the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, that even though he dropped that interception, he, he made a great break on it, knew exactly, where, I think, where the ball was going and, and, and was just not able to come up with the ball. Yeah, I thought he's played okay. I think, you know, I think the safety play in general last week was better than it I was the, 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 the week before. Uh, I also think that if they were to get some improved safety play, you know, at least one other guy, that it would, or if they could just at least settle on a guy, that I think that that would also really kind of help solidify the safety position a little bit. I, I just think that they want Darian Thompson to be the stable force in that job just because he's very, I guess, reliable. Assignment sound. Assignment sound normally. But the problem is that ultimately, you know, when the assignment meets the the the, the actual play on the field, you got to make the play. You know, like if mm-hmm. when the guy gets to you, and, and, and you've followed your assignment to the T, the last part of your assignment is to, you know, make the tackle or, pa- you know, deflect the pass or, uh, you know, make the interception. And that's where I think that's the difference between training camp and the game, right? <laughs> is that yeah, you, you yeah. see the guys get to where they're supposed to be at a timely manner and you think, okay, that's good. But the game is you get where you're supposed to be in a timely manner and then, you know, <laughs> for example, Zeke trucks you on your back into the end zone, you know, yeah, <laughs> like that, yeah. like number 27 for Atlanta last week. It, Casey, he was, yep. he was assignment sound, uh, but he didn't make the play. So the reason I asked this is there's probably four or five different people that are asking me, should the Cowboys consider a trade for Taylor Rapp? And now here's why that yeah. name is coming up, you know, over the last couple of weeks. He's not playing, um, which is weird. Yeah, right? so last year he played 823 snaps for the Rams, uh, which is about 75%. So he was, you know, basically a, a, a guy that was on the field all the time for uh, Los Angeles once he became a starter, right? This year, through two weeks, only 32 total snaps. Hardly played in the Cowboys game at all. It appears they like John Johnson and Terrell Burgess a little bit better. Um, and they're not that interested in keeping somebody like Rap near the line of scrimmage. Um, they're trying to get a little bit more athleticism there. 
So would you be interested in flipping a pick for Taylor Rapp? No, I you you already lose a year on the rookie contract. Um, you know, so it's probably it's not going to cost you a second round pick like it would have in 2019. Maybe it's a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick. Is that something interesting to you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If it's if, if if all we're talking about is a late round pick for for probably, Taylor, let's just Rapp, let's just say a day three pick. Let's, let's, if it's a day three pick, then I, absolutely because I okay. think he can come in. And I mean, you're right; he's not you know the kind of athlete that that uh, that you de- you you necessarily you know, have. I mean, there's a reason that he wasn't a first round, you know, top of the half pick, right? And right, I because think, he's he's probably locked into a strong safety role. So yes, I think that he, but he is also extremely good at that in that role. I think so. And I and here's the thing: I think that the Cowboys could use him. I mean, maybe he even. I don't know. I think that there is there is some concerns about fit because I I, I do think that the, the the new defense they they want versatility in their safeties and I don't know exactly how versatile Taylor Rapp is as mm-hmm. a safety. Now, I do think that I would be very comfortable with him playing kind of a safety nickel linebacker role to a certain degree right like i think or if you wanted to start playing more three safety looks i think you know that's sure. something that where you know now you suddenly have a guy that would make that formation uh palatable because he's a playmaker at that spot if you can figure out you know the other safety spot and, and, and get a, you know someone else in there to kind of just play the the deep safety role or, or or you know play a deep half role and then have Darian Thompson kind of in the box. I mean, uh, not Darian. I'm already confusing him. Taylor Rapp, Taylor Rapp. in the box in the box and, and then kind of being a blitzer, mixing it up. You know, I think that you know that that certainly could help. And I also think he can help on your run defense a lot because I think that's really is, yeah. where. Really, where you're struggling, I think, to have a, a, that second safety, and and frankly, I don't know that we can necessarily rely on Xavier Woods to be as reliable a tackling safety as he has been, you know, for the rest of the whole season. So I think that there is value in getting a a, a, a wrap in here, but I think that you know where he's going to have his biggest impact is near the line of scrimmage as a blitzer, as a run defender. But to me, that's that's enough, right? Like I think I can mm-hmm. I can I can create a package out of that, and that suddenly, you know, maybe he can cover some tight ends. Maybe you know, I he's think not very that. big and fast. So that's that, and I think this is what the Rams are running into, right? He's fantastic if you keep him near the line of scrimmage and in the run game. But what do you do with him in certain passing situations? Because this is a four-seven athlete with not with not a lot of uh, size. You know, he's you know only six foot, two hundred pounds. I, I just think that he has some limitations and that's why he's becoming a part-time player for Los Angeles, even though they spent a second round pick on him. Yeah. And again, I think in general, you say that his skill set is not such that's extremely valuable, but I think that he, you can do things with him. And if you have a plan for him, uh, he could be a, a kind of a very you know important cog in, in a larger a useful player. Scheme. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's something we'll keep an eye on. I mean, the Cowboys don't like to invest a ton in that safety spot, um, but if they get a guy, let's say they had a second or third round grade on Taylor Rapp, and they get a they get him for a fifth rounder, uh, maybe that is something they could be interested in. Um, let's do this question before we take a break. This one comes from Mike. 
Uh, he says, be 100% honest. So we're going to to be honest here. Okay. Uh, if Tyron Smith comes back to left tackle, which we think could happen this week, and Brandon Knight goes over to right tackle, which I think both you and I agree should happen, are you more concerned about the right tackle spot, the left guard spot, or the center spot with that rotation of offensive linemen? Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm still, I'm still most concerned about right tackle. Yeah. Okay, so I basically, mean, it comes down to, do you believe Brandon Knight or Joe Looney is a better player? I think, I think Brandon. That's. I don't think that that's a one for one question though, because oh, I, see, I, I do. think. I, well, see, I well, the problem is, is that the center doesn't affect the game as much as the right tackle does. No, no, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I, the center spot just worries me. I, I don't think Looney's been particularly good the no, last no, couple I, weeks. I totally agree, but I'm saying like I, I don't think. I think that's easier for me for us for that's that's a less impactful position as a truly you know but concerning right tackle. I would say. Here's here's what I would say though: it's easier to help a tackle than it is to help a center though. Just because what what I mean, you can slide protection and stuff, but there's yeah. there's been a lot of times there's been a lot of times in the first two weeks where. Zach Martin and Joe Looney have messed up passing guys to one but, another. But see, that's 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 that, I mean that's actually kind of almost inverse of what you're saying because the truth is is that the problem Looney has had is getting help. Not that that it's not that not that it's been problematic to try to give him help. They have found ways to to help him, but if you watch like his issue is, you know, like on double teams in duo or in inside zone like you know, the guard's supposed to be bumping the 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 his the center's man over so that he can get to the second level, and he's bumping it over, but but Looney's not you know getting his hands right. I, I think it's it's the issue is not that Looney uh, needs help and they can't get it to him. The the issue is I think Looney is struggling to properly technique wise receive the help. Hmm. You know you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, they're, they're, I get they're, you. I just. There's coordination problems in the middle. I, I think that's really the issue because it's not just Zach Martin and Looney. It's 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 Williams and Looney too, and and that's why I think that the the issue is more about the coordination of passing bodies as opposed to you know a, a skill set problem. I mean, not that that isn't also an issue. I, I think that the Looney situation will get better with more snaps. Is I guess what I'm getting at. at, at See, I'm not as confident. Like, I, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm just not as confident that Looney's going to get better the more he plays. I think we I don't know think he's going to. I don't think he's going to get better. But I think that that you think the situation situ- will get better. that situation could get better. Yeah, and that's the reason I worry about Knight more on the ta- on the tackle situation is just because. I think there are more ways to expose that and expose him in, in that manner. I trust Brandon Knight a little bit more as an individual player in a one-on-one, I guess is the way to put it. I, I trust I trust Looney can be helped out more in his spot than Brandon Knight necessarily in his spot. But I'm not necessarily like super worried about either one of them. I, I think that there are ways to, to work around them. You're, you're going to lose some snaps here and there because you know these are professional football teams yeah, that game well. But I, I don't think that either one of them are going to derail your offense long term if, if you can't figure out a way to help them. Yeah, I, I just see Knight as an ascending player. So let's say you give him sure. four more games at right tackle. I think you're going to see a dramatically better player a month from now than what you see now. Um, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case for Joe Looney. I think he's kind of already maxed out the talent that he has. And I just worry that that center spot, and you, you could be right. I think they, that communication could get better and the situation as a whole could get better. 
I just think you're always going to be somewhat limited with him as a center. But uh, that'll be something interesting to keep an eye on. I, I'm I'm curious to see if Knight does get to start at right tackle if Tyron comes back, or do they continue to ride Terrence Steele and let I, Brandon Knight be the backup, you know, be the swing tackle? And maybe that's what what the ultimate solution is, right? If they're worried about Tyron coming in and out of games, maybe they just leave Brandon Knight over there so they don't have to change two positions with one injury. Yeah, I'm I'm. I would not at all be surprised if if Tyron Smith comes back and Terrence Steele stays at the right tackle. Yeah, just because of the just because of the fact he's played there the last two games, you know, and and maybe the the value of having him play that position for a third game in a row is a little bit more certain than trying to switch Brandon Knight to the other side. I'm guessing you know. that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So we'll see. All right, let's take a break so I can tell you about my bookie. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code LOCKEDON and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free bets designed to add more excitement and entertainment to the sports you love and the games you bet. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. Okay, Landon, let's get to some more questions. A lot of people are worried about the Cowboys' run defense. Um how can they fix their failures up front? What do they need to do to become a better run uh, defense team? Well, I mean, I think it's difficult with the talent issue. You know, I mean, I, I think the problem you lose uh, Leighton Vander Esch, you lose, uh, you know, some some people, some healthy defensive tackles up front uh, early in the season. And, and, and I think you start to look at what you have left in the season unless you're willing. And, and now you look, I, I think that Don Terry Poe has not played exceptionally well so far. That's being very, very nice. So <laughs> I think, you know, that's a lot of, a, a lot of what you've been relying on to kind of be, you know, major run stoppers. I, I think, again, we kind of go back to what we discussed with the safety position and that, you know, that's really where I, the safeties, I think more than anything have been, that good safety play has been missed. I think mm-hmm. you know is, is not having a, a, that other kind of guy that could drop down in the box on rundowns and, and make a tackle. I think that you know Woods has, has operated you know as well as can be expected there, but I also think that that's not necessarily his strength. And you kind of want him back at doing you know covering the back end in case there's throws. So you know I I think you put in Joe Thomas. Uh, as a substitute for Leighton Vander Esch, I think Joe Thomas is probably a better pass player than he is a run player, um, and I think that you know he's he is good at when he sees it, shooting the gaps, making the tackles. But I do think that there are t- more times that he can get you know washed and, and run play, so that's that's a little problematic. I, I wonder, you know, I think that it's a good question this week because you know much like we just described at the top of the show, I, I think the Cowboys will probably try to do stuff to you know limit what's going on with the deep passing game against Seattle mm-hmm. and the things that they'll have to do like playing more shell coverage and, and you know having uh, you know, cover two or man two looks they're gonna pull an extra safe they're gonna pull that safety out of the box in order to do a lot of that stuff so I think that what that will in turn do is, for Seattle to kind of revert back to ultimately what those coaches really want to do. And that's run the football. And, uh, you know, I think the, you know, the truth of the matter is the Cowboys just may need to suffer some, some, 
some some wounds in the run game. You know, if if if, if the it's not the worst thing. If you're going to give up something, giving up yeah. runs is better than giving up a ton of deep plays down the field. Exactly. If if the run game is what if you if this is truly a pick your poison situation against Seattle, man, have them run all over us. Like sure. I, I, I I'll take that I'll take that bet that eventually. Now the problem is is that you know in the in the last part of the game when you need your defense to make a stop they're going to be beat up and tired so but i guess to kind of answer the question i think that what they're likely going to need to do is figure out a way to simultaneously play kind of shell coverage but also do some run blitzing because i think they're just going to need to get aggressive into the gaps to try to stop this before it gets going early because if this if this Seattle offense is able to remain balanced throughout the game, or if they are able to run all over this defense and you know move the ball up and down the field, the the concern I have is snap counts. And as they start to get into the sixty and seventy snaps on the on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to get exhausted, and that's gonna, not going to make for run chasing Russell Wilson down any easier. So they need to find a way to. I mean, allow the run game to be the reason, the way that they're trying to score on us. But at the same sure. time, you know, get it, getting off the field enough that you're getting the rest you need, so that when the crunch time comes, when it's when it's when it's nut cutting time in the fourth quarter, the the defense, the best players are out there and, and ready to go. Here's the thing: why I don't care too much if they get ran, run all over. Uh, these games are going to be decided in the red zone, right? So if you can, if, if they're going down the field, putting up 50 rushing yards, but they're settling for field goals, that's okay. That's a good yeah. try for you on your defense. I mean, especially considering where Seattle is at on offense and all the injuries the Cowboys have on defense. That's not a bad strategy if you just say, hey, let's bend but not break. Uh, let's just tighten up when we get in the red zone, blah, 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 blah. Um, I would much rather have that make make Seattle make some tough throws in the you know tight quarters you know inside the 10-yard line. Um, that's been a problem for them over the last couple of years. They've not historically been a great red zone team. Uh, so I'm okay with it. They're, listen, yeah. here's the thing. They, the schedule gets easier after this week, I promise. They're, they're not going to play these incredibly balanced and talented offenses every <laughs> week where you know it's, it's Sean McVay, it's Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and it's Russell Wilson and Metcalf and Lockett. It's not going to be this way all season long. You're going to be able to go against some lesser offenses where – uh, they have no choice but to run the ball early because they don't trust their quarterback. And that's when you can load up and stop the run and get into third downs and that kind of, you know, long third downs and, uh, you know, situations where your pass rushers can really uh, make an impact. So it won't always be this bad. Um, I don't know. How many points do you think Dallas needs to hold Seattle to in this one to win? 30? <sighs> um, yeah, I mean, Mr. Unlimited is pretty unlimited. So, uh I would say 30 is probably the at least right. I, I mean, the thing is, is that I, you know, it, this is going to be a shootout. Yeah, I mean, their their defensive backfield is terrible, and so I, I, I mean, the Seattle defensive backfield. So I, I think that we're going to be able to throw the ball all over the yard because they have no pass rush either. So uh, I think both teams are just going to come out and score a whole bunch of points. I, I, you would think, right? That's the way this game is setting up is to be one of these. 35-31 kind of shootouts that comes down to the last possession, but uh, we'll see. If Turnovers yeah. are always the great equalizer. The Cowboys had about a million of them in week two. Uh, let's hope their their fortune changes a little bit this week. 
That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.